Hey everyone, how are you? Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. It's good to be here. Hope you're having a wonderful time. This is Ireland's number one podcast. Don't ever forget that. We've been doing this for two and a half years now. Two and a half years of this. Let's face it, shite. <laughs> Let's face it, it's a man roaring into a microphone in his underpants. But we're still number one. Despite all that, we're still number one across the world. Jesus. Number one over there in Papua New Guinea. Number one in Trinidad and or Tobago. Not Tobago, they hate me. Number one over there in Miami-Dade, Florida. And all the celebs are backing me now. They all love the show. All the big celebs. Listen to this phone call I got yesterday. Uh, hey man. This is uh, Elvis Presley. Coming to you live from heaven. I just want to say that uh, Shane's Brennan Podcast is probably the best podcast I've ever heard in my life. Having said that, I ain't heard too many podcasts on the counter. I've been dead since 1977. Wow, thank you very much. Elvis Presley, if the king says it, it must be true. And I just want to say thanks to all you listeners out there who listen to the show. When I you wave at me in the street, when you throw tomatoes at me as I walk down through Stevens Green, when you call me a prick and just stick up your middle fingers at me and you wave your penis in my face. I love all that. So keep it coming. Thanks for all the, re- <laughs> the reaction I've been getting. All the hate mail, all the horrible stuff people telling me that I should jump into the canal i love it just i love it thanks for the support and i love the the rest of you too all the the good guys out there how are you all doing anyway lads let's face it this summer bit of a washout bit of a washout it's wetter out there than my grandmother's knickers at a mario lanza concert it's horrible but i'll tell you what i've been doing to keep happy will i this is shane's tip for keeping happy in the horrible irish summer Booze. Booze. A lot of booze. A lot of drink. A lot of gat. Love the gat. I love the gat, man. I fucking... Here, did I ever tell you how much... Ever tell you how much I love... I fucking love the gat. I really love the gat. And I've been drinking a lot. I'll admit it. I've been drinking a lot of Guinness. Um, I'm a big Guinness man. I've become a cliched Irish man. Sucking back six Guinnesses. I'm even checking the, looking at the glass afterwards to see if there's still a coat of head. along. You know what I mean? I'm turning into one of those Guinness bores. Not only have I been drinking to try and keep happy, and it's been working. What else I've been doing? Eating ice cream. Eating a lot of ice cream. Fucking love it. I met a man once who said he did not like ice cream. Fuck off. Get out of my life. I don't want to know you. I don't want to know about you. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. That's what I said to him. <laughs> Imagine not liking ice cream. I mean, I know different people have different tastes. Some people like being kicked into the testicles by a dominatrix. But who doesn't like ice cream, for God's sake? What type of a sick mind doesn't like ice cream? If I heard that Jimmy Savile didn't like ice cream, I'd be like, Jesus, that's the worst thing I've heard. <laughs> that's a bit too far sorry that's a bit too far bit too far but listen I bet you even Jimmy Savile liked ice cream that's all I'm saying ice cream is lovely and will I tell you what the top ice cream is of all time will I will I tell you what the top ice cream is of all time I know you want to know 
I think it is. Not only do I think it, I know it is. The Iceberger. The Iceberger. HB Iceberger. Fucking glorious. When man, as humanity, looks back on their achievements, on our achievements, the great pyramids of Giza, the landing on the moon, all the other stuff we did, they'll look back and they'll say, Jesus Christ, the Iceberger is right up there. You got your chocolate brown chocolate bit, your big ice cream bit in the middle, and then your other brown chocolate bit. It's glorious. It's the number one ice cream by far. And you know what number two is? Cornetto. I'll give you my top five. Number one, fucking Iceburger. Number two, Cornetto. Classic, timeless. Number three, brunch. The brunch. Now, controversial because what they've done to the brunch is absolutely abysmal. Have you seen a brunch recently? They've absolutely destroyed the brunch. I remember back when the brunch used to be used to mean something in this town. When it used to be crumbed to fuck. You know what I mean? You used to take the, the brunch out of the packet. There'd be crumbs falling on the floor. There'd be crumbs all over your face when you finished. And now look at it. There's barely a crumb on it. You, and this is my message to the fat cats up there at the HB boardroom. Get your act together, boys, and get the brunch back on track. Crumb the brunch. Hash, that's my new, mo- that's my new uh, uh, campaign. Hashtag crumb the brunch. All right? Because what they've done to it is nothing short of appalling what they've done to the brunch. Now, I know there's more pressing matters in the world. Famine, um, disease, poverty. All right? But for me, the most... <laughs> Important matter right now is what they've done to the brunch. Whenever I see a brunch now, have you ever seen the film The Godfather? When Martin, not Martin, Marilyn Brando. Imagine if his name is Martin. Martin Brando. <laughs> Martin Brando comes down into the morgue to find the body of his son, Sonny. And he says, what does he say when he sees him there riddled? Riddled? My man's riddled. What does he say when he sees my man riddled with bullets? Look how they massacred my boy. And that's what I feel. Whenever I see a brunch, I get tears in my eyes and I look at it, I put on my Mario Brando face and I go, look what, the, look how they massacred my boy. It's the same what they did to Toblerones. Remember Toblerones, how they used to be glorious. Little, what, eight triangles, eight pyramids. And now look at them. My grandfather loved Toblerones. He used to eat them every day. And you know what? I'm glad he's dead. Because if he could see what they did to Toblerones, he wouldn't want to live anyway. It's a sad... <laughs> I can get very passionate about chocolate and ice creams. But that would be my top ice cream. Oh, and then, of course, the chalk ice. And you're going, Shane, what are you? Some sort of a dad? Chalk ice. Come on, man. Grow up. Grow bare balls. What happened to the Magnum? Fuck your Magnum. Magnums can take a hike. Magnums are for people who have more than two pairs of shoes. Magnums are for people who have Apple Macs. Magnum are for people who play rugby. All right, get the fuck. Hey, you think you'd be caught dead walking a Magnum around Gallows Field, Tralee? Might as well wear a cowboy hat and a sign on your back saying, kick me. Because you get your fucking head kicked in if you walk around with a Magnum. <laughs> Gallows, they'd fucking say, watch my, watch my man lie with the Magnum, prick. <laughs> I, I think I've actually heard someone say that in my life. Watch my man lie with the Magnum prick but anyway listen welcome to the show 
Uh, I didn't mean to rant for nine minutes there on ice creams. But you do what I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what's happened to me last week. I got in a lot of trouble with the old missus, with the old wifey, the wifey to be, Kira, my beloved, my true love. I uh, we're getting married next year, but that's beside the point. I was doing a television thing, TV, going to be on the TV, doing stand up. All right, this is about a month ago, and I got to. I bought new clothes. I bought. I had to hide my newfound iceburger belly. <laughs> so what I did was I bought a large T-shirt, and this is a T-shirt. It's got a pocket in it and all. All right. It's far from t-shirts with pockets I was raised. And now I'm here, Mr. Billy Big Balls up in Dublin with a t-shirt with a pocket in it. And I did my stand-up. It went all right. Then there was another comedian on after me. Fella called John Spillane. Very funny comedian. A friend of mine. But part of his act, and I don't want to ruin it. Part of his act, he throws uh, condoms into the crowd. Okay? It's It's very funny. At the end, when he's finished his act, he has to go... The sad part is, he has to go around and pick up the condoms when everyone's gone. Because he can't just be leaving fucking condoms everywhere. And he buys Deals condoms. Now, if you're not Irish, Deals is like a pound shop. A dollar store. Yo, I got my condoms at the dollar store. They sell condoms over in Deals. But you know what else they sell in Deals? Little vibrators. Have you seen them? Bullets, they're called. What the fuck? Every man for himself, whatever you're into, you're into. But I cannot imagine any scenario where buying vibrators and deals is not a grim moment in your life. (laughs) If you're going down to deals, spending two euro on a vibrator, you have to kind of go, listen, something went wrong somewhere. I don't know what happened. Maybe I need to, you know, reassess. (laughs) You can get them for cheap, though. You could spend... 20 euro on five little vibrators deals vibrators and you could put them in your um, every hole (laughs) you could put them in every hole in your body (laughs) you can afford it (laughs) you could have one in one ear one in the other ear one up one nose one up the other nostril and then you have one (laughs) in your mouth so that's one two three so one in your ear Two in your ears, two in your nose, all right? <laughs> one in your mouth, that's five. One up your arse, that's six. And if you have a fanny, it's seven. So you'd have seven. <laughs> or if, you're, if you don't, if you have testicles, you have six, six vibrators. Turn them all on at the same time. Have a great... <laughs> Someone somewhere must have done that. I mean, imagine getting caught. Imagine... <laughs> Imagine if your wife or husband walks in and you're sitting on the couch with six deals vibrators shoved up your holes. <laughs> that, w- <laughs> that, w- that would take some explaining. All right. <laughs> I wasn't, it was only an experiment. I'm only experimenting. It only cost a tenner. <laughs> it only cost a tenner, like. <laughs> that would be funny. But anyway, so I had this Splendidity's t- thing. And afterwards, we were all in a jocular mood because we were on TV, like Marty Whelan or someone like that. So I helped him pick up the condoms and we were messing with him. He goes to me, here, take one home tonight, man. You might need it. Joking, put it in my shirt pocket, my T-shirt pocket. Then we went out drinking and I ate a big fucking dirty kebab 
I did it. It made me sick. It made me sick the next day. And guess what? I've gone there since again, and I've gotten sick again. But that kebab is lovely. I never knew that up here in Dublin, they've introduced me to a new thing. Kebab tray. It's just a silver foil tray with the insides of a kebab in it. And it's glorious. You don't have that down home in Tralee. Fucking gorgeous. Anyway, that's beside the point. Last week, I get a call from the producers of the TV thing. Would you mind coming in and shooting a quick insert? That's what they call it in the business. <laughs> I'm up with all the terms and can, these days. You know, I'm Mr. Showbiz himself. Will you come in and film an insert? Uh, me, no problem. That's grand. There's a catch. You have to wear the same clothes. I was like, no problem. Now, if you know me, you know that I have no chance in hell of finding that t-shirt. I live in a a shithole covered in my clothes everywhere. I told you before, one time my house got broken into and when I got that my PlayStation 3 got stolen with my fucking Pro Evolution 6 Master Team save on it. I was heartbroken. Remember Pro Evolution 6 Master Team? Some of the best days of my fucking life that was. Scoring a, a bicycle kick. Uh, with Ashley Cole from the halfway line. That's what I'm talking about. That's all that got taken. Nothing else touched. The guards call around. Detective walking through the place. He goes, Jesus Christ, they really destroyed the place, didn't they? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, they, they, they ruined it. Ruined it. And not only that, they fucking left this shit in the toilet as well. They never flushed it. Huh? <laughs> so I'm a messy bag. I'm, so I get up and I'm, after telling them I'll have the t-shirt, no problem. I'm rooting and tooting like a cowboy around the place looking for my fucking t-shirt everywhere. Kira comes home from work. She's like, Shane, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm looking for a t-shirt. Sweat pouring down my face. Heavy breathing. Stressed. Look across. I'm looking for my t-shirt. I'm looking for my t-shirt that I wore in the TV thing. Now, meantime, because I, I can't handle stress, I had to go to an industry party. All right. Now, I'm Mr. Fucking Showbiz. But when I say industry, I mean an Irish industry fucking party. I'm talking, there was people from, there was people from Virgin Media there. You know what I mean? Nothing to write home about, really. <laughs> I wouldn't be getting too jealous of me. So, uh, I had to leave, right? And I'm going down and I get to the place where the party is on. And I'm going in there and I get a call, phone call from my beloved. She phones me up. She goes, Shane, I found your t-shirt. Me, oh, thanks. Very good. All right. Uh, but anyway, I'm going into this party, so, you know, you didn't have to ring me. You could have told me later. That's kind of the attitude I was given. You could have just told me later, you know? It's not that pressing a matter. She goes, yeah, but I found something in the pocket. I went, what? A condom. Uh, I went, what? And then I was like, oh, I got a flashback. Me and Spillane messing around. So I was like, No! No, <laughs> it's not what it looks like. I was like, John Spillane, he, he throws condoms. And the more I tried to explain that, the more r- of a ridiculous sounding lie it sounded like. You know what I mean? No, it's a comedian. He throws condoms. I picked him up. I put it in my pocket. We were messing. And she goes, what? She goes, why is it in your pocket? I was like, but Kira, it's a deals condom. If I was going cheating on you, I would have the politeness to use a, like a Jurex. That's what I said. That did not go down well. That, that little joke did not go down well. 
So Kira was like, all right, whatever. Hung up. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because you know when you're accused of something and there's an innocent explanation, but the innocent explanation sounds more ridiculous than the fucking, sounds more ridiculous than if I was actually doing something. I have a friend who's a comedian who throws condoms at the audience. Anyway, I go into this party and now you, do you know me? Me at a party? It's like the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. My party trick is standing in the corner sweating. You know, some people can do, <laughs> they do dancing or they play the piano or they sing a little song. They sing, um, and I could jingle jangle, the old triangle, the old triangle, right? They sing all those things. My party trick, standing in the corner having a panic attack <laughs> by myself. It's a very niche trick, but you know, I, I'm good at it. So anyway, I was standing there, kind of didn't want to be there. I'm in trouble with the old wife over, you know, a a misunderstanding. And I see another comedian that I haven't seen since pre-COVID. So I goes up to him. I goes, hey, man, how are you? He goes, hey, Shane, how are you? I said, not too good. My fiance is after finding a condom in my pocket. Now he looks at me like, why are you telling me this? I haven't seen you in over two years. I barely know you. And you're telling me about, you know, your your marriage splitting up. <laughs> That's what he, the look on his face, like, all right. I was like, and then I said, no, but it's not what it looks like. And he goes, all right. Anyway, listen, I'm going to go up and get a drink. So I'll probably talk to you around later. He fucking left. He thought I was, he thought I was confessing an affair to him. And after not seeing him for two fucking years. He thought I was just going, oh, my, mar- my soon-to-be marriage is over. You know, we didn't even get married. It was over before it began. He thought, like, that was my opening line. No, I was trying to ex- set up a little kind of funny story. But he thinks now, probably still, that I'm going riding people with deals condoms. So I'm spreading that rumor all over town. And that's just an example of my terrible small talk. I could have said, hey, you know, bad weather we've been getting. Do you like icebergers? That's what I should have said. <laughs> I like icebergers. That's what I should have said to him. But instead I said, uh, my fian- not too good, man. My fiance found a condom in my pocket. Anyway, got back home. Explained it to Kira. We are the best of friends. But if you see John, I haven't told John Spillane this. If you see John Spillane, if any of you ever see him on an act, on a lineup, or you see him on posters, if you, if you just Instagram him and say, you nearly broke up Shane Clifford's 13-year relationship, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because that's what because <laughs> that's what nearly happened because of his stupid deals condoms. I nearly got my life ruined by a prop comic, which would be the most tragic way to end any relationship. Did you see these ads for Just Eat, the food delivery company, starring Ju- uh, Katy Perry? Katy Perry, Pop Chanteuse, the greatest, or one of the biggest pop stars of the last 15 years is on my television every day doing ads for Just Eat. The food, the fucking burger delivery company. What is going on, lads? I don't understand it. I don't know why this is happening. It makes me feel unwell. I get confused. When I go outside and I look around the corner of my house, 
Just down the road, there is a billboard, and on the billboard is a 10-foot-high Katy Perry with a tongue hanging out of her mouth like she's salivating, and a little thought bubble coming out of her head, and in the thought bubble, puddle, puddle, pub, fucking bubble, you cunt. Sorry again, <laughs> I got angry at myself there. In the thought bubble is a kebab. This ad wants me to believe that Katy Perry, the singer of I Kissed Some Girls and Fireworks, is thinking about ordering a kebab. Katy Perry has never ordered a kebab in her life. There's no way. I don't believe it. And when I look at that ad, it makes me feel empty inside. It makes me feel like I am having an existential crisis. And when I look at Katy Perry thinking about kebabs, it makes me feel like life is meaningless. And I have an existential crisis. All right. Because I'm like, this doesn't w- w- compute. Makes no sense. It reminds me of when Homer Simpson went to the Duff Beer factory and he saw uh, the ad from 1960 and it's part of the presidential debate. And it goes to John F. Kennedy and he goes, I uh, would like to take a moment to uh, express my fondness for Duff Beer. All right. And then it goes to. Nixon and he goes I too would like to express my fondness for that particular beer and Homer goes that man never drank a duff in his life that's how I feel when I see Katy Perry thinking about kebabs I don't believe it they should have me on there I've ordered kebabs all right I fucking thought about ordering kebabs uh, and you know I, I should be on the fucking ads someone of my new girth someone who had to go up a gene size because of just eat should be in the ads and that's me all right i'm the one eating the kebabs i'm putting in the work not katie perry i'm fucking mr just eat and mr uber eats and mr deliveroo are any of you on these apps you're sitting down, you're trying to be good, you're watching the news, you're trying to stay off fast foods, you're trying to lose weight, you've got your 9,000 steps in, only 1,000 more to go. And next thing, you get a beep on your phone, you check it out, it's Uber Eats. You feeling hungry? You go, ah, get rid of it. Four minutes later, it's Deliveroo. You peckish. And then five minutes after that, it's Just Eat. Katy Perry wants to know if you want to eat a kebab. And it's like, fucking hell, man. You're a food delivery company. Leave me alone. <laughs> what are you, Ladbrokes or something? Come on. And Katy Perry. I just don't understand how that even happened. It feels like I'm in an alternative, un- an alternate universe. Or, in f- or I've been microdosing for the last month. Somebody's been putting acid in my coffee. By the way, I went to see that Elvis film the weekend, the new Baz Luhrmann one. Do you want to hear? <laughs> I was disappointed in it. Two reasons. One, Tom Hanks. Was terrible in it. The worst I've ever seen Tom Hanks in anything. He's wearing a big fat bastard fat suit from Austin Powers. He has a stupid accent. He talks, hello Elvis, come into my house. Right? He talks like that. That's a really good impression. I'm a good impressionist. You've heard my Paul McCartney. Oh, you know, Paul McCartney. Right? (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm a great impressionist, right? And anyway, he talks like that. Now, He's playing the colonel. He's playing Elvis's manager. I looked up Elvis's manager on YouTube after the movie, and he doesn't talk like that at all. He just talks like a southern guy. 
And Tom Hanks, for some crazy reason, he talks with this accent through the whole film. It's so annoying. Now, the second thing that really pissed me off, there was no scenes of uh, the king, Elvis Aaron Presley himself, eating a big hollowed out loaf of bread stuffed with bananas, peanut butter, deep fried at four o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? There was no scenes of Elvis absolutely stuffing his face with burgers and donuts. That's all I wanted to see. I wanted to feel better about myself. And I I looked up then, right? Elvis, you know, we all, we've all heard f- like fat Elvis and Elvis got huge towards the end and it was all that and he was massively fat and all that, right? I googled how big he got when he uh, died, you know, expecting to see a humongous number. And I tell you, man, I'm not fucking far off it. <laughs> I'm not far off Elvis at the end. That's what that's what's become of me. That's because of these just eat fucking uh, notifications. It's turning me into Elvis, the king, except with le- much less talent. You know, I'm sitting there trying to watch Emmerdale and I'm giving up doing. I'm after, I'm after swearing down. Kira, I swear down on every sword over in Ras Cemetery in Trinity. I am giving up donuts. Next thing I get a fucking message four seconds later from Deliveroo. Do you want some donuts? Yes! Give me them! Now I have to talk about something that I got in my email inbox there. It was an email last uh, week and it made me very upset alright it's from a guy called Martin O'Keefe alright he's listening to to this right now anyway I got an email right from a guy called Martin O'Keefe six days ago and it made me very upset it actually made me uh, cringe in anger this it's it was titled Beatles Records Ranking. Now I ranked the Beatles Records albums uh, a few uh, w- weeks ago, and this is a response to that. Martin O'Keefe says, "Shane, no hi Shane, no hello Shane, how are you? Just Shane. Every time you discuss Beatles records, you always break them down by songs. You're missing the album experience that they were making with the introduction of prog rock." The melody of You Never Give Me Your Money repeating and carry that weight on the Abbey Road album is amazing and can only be enjoyed if you take the album as a whole instead of tallying individual songs. A Day in the Life is enhanced by the fact it's placed outside of the bookending of the Sgt. Pepper's band Intro and Outro. Martin. Not even a bye. Not even a best regards. Just... Martin, this guy, this guy got upset. He didn't even say, hello, Shane. How are you? I disagree. He didn't even say goodbye, Shane. I'll talk to you later. He just said, Shane, here's my opinion. Bye. Now, you're coming to me, Martin. This is my, (laughs) this is my response to you. You're coming to me telling me, do you know who I am? You're you're coming to me telling me I don't know how to listen to Beatles albums. Are you fucking out of your mind, Martin? I've been listening to Beatles albums since probably before you were born. 
unless you're older than me, you didn't put your age in the thing. But I've been listening to Beatles albums for a hell of a long time. All right. I'm the man who admitted on this very podcast that the song A Day in the Life when I was 12 or 13 gave me an erection. And you're telling me I don't know the power of the day in the life being outside the Sgt. Pepper's bookend. You telling me I don't know that. I'm standing up now. I, had, I just stood up in my sitting room. First of all, I have to take umbrage with you saying that the Beatles invented prog rock. No, they didn't. They might have helped it along. But the Beatles did not invent prog rock. And I'll tell you why I deny that. Because prog rock, as you call it, <laughs> is fucking shite, in my opinion. It's shite, in my opinion, right? It's awful. I don't want the Beatles' names besmirched by, by, by prog rock. You're telling me that I, as if I don't know that you never give me your money medley. Uh, melody reappearing and carry that weight. They were telling me like, I don't know that happens. Of course I fucking know that happens. You're telling me that Sergeant Pepper, that I'm not supposed to know that Sergeant Pepper is supposed to be taken as an album as a whole. I know that. That still doesn't mean it's better than A Hard Day's Night. All right? Come here, man. <laughs> I got... I'm get, this email fucking made me upset. It made me upset. All right. You got me, Martin. I'll tell you that. You got me. This. I've been listening. I know everything about the Beatles, right? I, I, I'll tell you this. If you want to get really into the weeds, Martin, what about... The first opening chord of A Hard Day's Night. And the last chord of A Day in the Life. And those two notes, bookending, opening and closing their middle period, their most uh, experimental and uh, successful period, musically. Have you ever thought about that, Martin? No, you haven't. Well, I have. So don't be, I don't want any young upstarts like you coming along telling me I don't know how to listen to the Beatles. All right? I'm sorry I got very upset. I got very emotional. This, that, that email made me very emotional. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to move on now. But, you know, don't teach your granny to suck eggs is all I'm saying. All right, now it's time for a new segment that I just thought of today. And this is going to be going forward. A new segment. It'll probably only last two episodes like all my segments do. But it's called Shane Reviews. And here's the jingle. Shane Reviews things he never saw before. It's Shane's Reviews. What do you think of that jingle? I mean, <laughs> I spent about four hours making it today. And the idea of this segment is I go to take something that I've never heard before, music or a film or a book even or anything that is something that's big, all right, in the, in the culture. 
Like this week, I'm reviewing Joshua Tree by U2. Never heard it before. Never sat down and listened to it until today. I know it's a huge album. Uh, it's one of the all-time, you know, big Irish albums of all time. Uh, hugely successful in the late 80s. I never heard it. Never sat down. So that's why I'm going to make it the inaugural album to be reviewed on Shane Reviews. Let's hear that jingle one more time. Shane Reviews things he never saw before. It's Shane's Reviews. What a jingle, man. I love it. Anyway, uh, so Joshua Tree is U2's, I don't know, fifth or sixth album. Came out in 1987, right? When I was just a wee baby. And I think this is probably around the time that everybody started getting, in Ireland, started hating U2 or started kind of thumbing their nose up at them. Look at the boys. Who do they think they are? Where the streets have no name, my bollocks. That kind of way. Bono's from fucking Poppin' Tree. What's he doing singing about the Angel of Harlem? You know? And in a way, you can kind of understand that because, first of all, if you think about you 2 they're fellas from North Dublin, or I don't know, Bono is anyway. And two of them have stupid nicknames, Bono and The Edge, which is one of the cringiest fucking... Looking at it now, The Edge. Why would you call yourself The Edge? I mean, and look at him. He doesn't look like a fella called The Edge. <laughs> the edge is a, a guy in a superhero film. It's not a fellow who plays annoying fucking guitar arpeggios in a cowboy hat. Doesn't look like the edge to me. But there's always in those bands. So you've got Bono, you've got the edge, you've got Adam Clayton, who was, you know, a bit of a, a going out with supermodels and stuff. And then you just have a fella called Larry. And it's the same in most of those bands. Same with you too. I mean, with Rolling Stones, you had the three boys. What's his name? Keith Rich, Erds, uh, Jagger, and Ronnie Drew. <laughs> now that's, there's another universe, right? Where the Rolling Stones are exactly the same, except it was Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Charlie Watts, and Ronnie Drew. <laughs> were in the Rolling Stones and they're probably not very successful but Ronnie Wood and then you go to the drummer and it's Charlie Watson he's just a fella called Charlie he's not he's normal compared to fucking Mick Jagger dancing around the place like an idiot right so I can see why people in Ireland especially back then were like these fucking cunts man like there's a video of Bono playing in like I think 1990 or something in San Francisco you two are playing and you're singing some song and there's a sign up in the crowd that says I love SF or something right and Bono's like what does that what does that say I love SF Sinn Féin is it you love Sinn Féin well Sinn Féin are responsible for tragedy in Northern Ireland get that sign out of here get that so we don't want that sign out of here in here but it turns out she was just some young girl holding a I love San Francisco sign. All right. So he was getting a bit, you know. Now, that was my experience growing up. People going, you do her shite. Always. So I never bothered my whole listening to Joshua Tree. Certainly their biggest album to that point. So I sat down today 
50 minutes and I listened to it with fr- I tried to give it fresh ears no uh, prejudice of Bono being a cunt alright so I sat down and I listened to it and I'm going to give you a short review because this is Shane's Reviews it's Shane's Reviews and here's my review the first three songs Where the Streets Have No Name number one is a great song. Very like a Bruce Springsteen song. Church-like. Number two. What's that called? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. A little, not as good. Very gospel-y. And, that, and I hate the edges guitar. Ding, ding. You know, the arpeggios. Then, number three, With or Without You. And listen to it fresh. What a song. You have to admit, even if you're a Bono hater, With or Without You... The sound of it, the tunes. What a what a song. Hey, Bono boy, you did well. If I ever see Bono, because apparently sometimes you see him in pubs up in Dublin. Hey, hey Bono boy. How's it going, man? Yeah, I don't like most... <laughs> I don't like most of your songs, but for the fucking winter without you, that's a good one. I always get that when people meet me, you know, at a gig or something. Oh, Jesus. My friends all hate you, but I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks for telling me that thanks my friend I showed your stuff to my friends they think it's shit but uh, I like you oh thank you very much for telling me that most people <laughs> most people that you know hate me but so those three songs open up and fucking beautiful three songs to open up any album where the streets have no name I still haven't found what I'm looking for with and with or without you bang 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 then Fucking hell, the rest of it. What a slag. This is just my opinion. Alright, you're probably rolling. There's probably U2 fans. Bono is probably listening to this. His wife is after walking over to the radio player, turning it off. We don't need to listen to this, Bono. I love Shane, though. I know Bono, but, you know, tune in again next week. (laughs) We don't have to listen to the rest of this. There's a song, Bullet in the Blue Sky. Fucking boring. Pompous, it's got Bono talking in it, in that voice, that passionate voice. Oh, I'm Bono, and I'm going to save the world. You know that voice he puts on? And then it goes into the song, Running to Stand Still, boring. Bore, uh, the rest of it was boring, I'm just going to admit. Boring. There was one song, In God's Country, that was alright. So, that's, that's the new segment. Shane Reviews. Uh... And I give it out of 10. What am I giving it out of 10? I'll give it 5.5 out of 10. For the Joshua Tree. And that is going down on my website. In my Shane's Reviews section. Next week for Shane's Reviews. Another great cultural phenomenon that I've never seen. Rocky. It's Shane's Reviews. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there this week. Thanks for listening. You know what you can do. Follow me on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, at Brilliant Shane and both of those. And you can sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast if you want to keep it going and, you know, help help a brother out. And uh, other than that, I'll talk to you next week. Oh, oh, fucking hell, I better say, if you want to come see me do stand up, which I've been working hard at, if you want to come and see me do some stand-up, please. Shane's brilliant, uh, brilliantshane.com. There's links to stand-up 
shows starting in September. Um, it will be good to see you there. God bless you all. Stay safe out there. Um, you know, don't fucking come to me telling me I don't know how to listen to a Beatles album. That's all I'm saying. And um, that's it. Uh, enjoy your Ben and Jerry's. Cheers, nice one. Thanks. And hobnob. <laughs>